Hello and welcome to the adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We present Peter Cook and Marjorie Westbury in the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair. Episode 6, Mr. Leo Brent. Is that all you wanted to tell me, Mr. Davis? Lordy, no. I haven't got to the real point, not very long, Chalk. Late that night, after you and Mrs. Temple had departed, I went downstairs to have a glass of ale. I put my hand in my pocket to pay for the drink, and, Lordy, to my complete astonishment, I found this note. Now, let me read it to you. No matter what happens, Mrs. Trevelyan isn't Alex. Alex is the girl in brown. The girl in brown? Yes. Lordy, now I ask you, what on earth does that mean? <laughs> Have I said something very funny or something? No, no, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm terribly sorry. Do you mind if I have a look at that note, Mr. Davis? Well, no, of course not. Oh, it's not typed, Paul. <laughs> so I see. Yes, I was wondering if we could have the handwriting tested at all. I mean, isn't there some sort of system, rather like uh, the fingerprint system? As a means of comparison, yes, Mr. Davis. But if you want my personal opinion... You don't think this note was actually written by Alex? Since you ask me, I don't. Well, why don't you think so? Well, in the first place, the other notes have been typewritten. Well? Well, uh, I just don't think it was written by Alex. But if the note wasn't written by Alex, darling, then how did it come to be in Mr. Davis's pocket? Ah, that's what I'd like to know. It was obviously put there by the person who wrote it. But in my humble opinion, it wasn't Alex. I see. Well, at least I, I think I see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to have made a nuisance of myself. No, on the contrary, you've been most helpful. Well, thank you, Mr. Temple. As a matter of fact, I'm going down to Canterbury again shortly. I suppose you wouldn't like me to, uh, well, do something for you? Oh, I thought you were out, Ricky. Only for a little while, madam. So sorry if you are inconvenient. No, no, that's all right. Well, uh, I'll be off. Oh, Good evening, sir. Oh, uh, good evening. You do not remember me? <laughs> I'm afraid I don't. Ricky? Hmm? Ricky? 
Ricky, sir. Hotel Nevada, Park Avenue, New York. Oh, I'm afraid there must be some mistake. I've never been to New York. You do not remember me, Mr. Cartwright? My name is Davis, Wilfred Davis. Davis? Yes. Oh, oh, sorry. So, 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 so sorry. Oh, that's all right. We all make mistakes. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mr. Davis is leaving, Rickett. Oh, uh, this way, sir, please. Uh, well, goodbye. It's been very nice seeing you both again. I only hope I haven't made a nuisance of myself. No, of course not. Goodbye. Paul, do you think that Ricky really believes he met Mr. Davis before? He seems very certain. Wait a minute. Would you like me to clean silver, madame? Ricky, why did you call Mr. Davis Mr. Cartwright? Why did you call Mr. Cartwright Mr. Davis, sir? We know him as Mr. Davis. I know him as Mr. Cartwright. But he isn't Mr. Cartwright, Ricky. He's Mr. Davis. Then I make a mistake. So sorry. No, you didn't make a mistake, Ricky, and you know you didn't. You met Davis in New York at the Nevada Hotel. He called himself Cartwright. Yes. When was this? Last year sometime. January, February. Tell us about it. There is nothing to say, sir. Now, come on, come on. Tell us about it, Ricky. You know New York, Mr. Temple? Yes, a bit, but I can't place the Nevada Hotel. Oh, it is near Grand Central Station. Ah, well, go on. Oh, they have a restaurant. It is called uh, Kaiser Stubbe. Uh, supposed to be Austrian. I worked there for two months. Then I got tired of wearing uniform, so after two months in Stubbe, I became a floor waiter. One day, I was called to a suite on the second floor. Mr. Cartwright, <laughs> Mr. Davis, that is, occupied the suite. He ordered dinner for himself and friends. Who was the friend, you know? Uh, she turned her back on me when I entered the room, but I'm afraid I recognized her. It was Sylvia Longton, Mr. Temple. The movie star? Uh-huh. The woman who shot her husband? Except that she didn't shoot him, Steve. She was acquitted. Are you sure it was Sylvia Longton, Ricky? I am quite sure. When did you say this was? In February? Uh, yes. Just after the trial, in fact. It was the day the trial finished, Mr. Temple. That is uh, how I recognized her. Her picture was in the papers. I think Miss Longton and Mr. Cartwright were, were celebrating. I see. Thank you, Ricky. Mr. Temple, I tell the truth. I, I don't make this up. No, 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 of course not. I'm, I'm very grateful to you, Ricky. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, what do you make of that? Does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. Well, was Cartwright or Davis or whatever he calls himself a friend of Sylvia Longton? Well, he must have been. According to Ricky, they were celebrating the fact that she'd just been acquitted. Hmm. Well, do you know what I think, Paul? No, what's here? Well, I think it's possible that Wilfred Davis was Sylvia Longton's lover and they were celebrating the fact that Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, she... Steve. I'm investigating the Alex affair, not the Longton murder. Anyway, my dear, you're on the wrong track. Oh, yes, and you're on the right one, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So far as Wilfred Davis is concerned, I believe I am. At last. Thanks to Ricky. Hello? Mr. Temple? Oh, hello, Inspector. I'm speaking for Sir Graham. Yes? Do you think you could manage to get back to the yard? Tonight? 
We'd like to see you. Yes, I gather that. What's it all about? It's about Mrs. Trevelyan. Sir Graham said he'd be very grateful if you could manage to get here as soon as possible. All right, Crane. But I've got an appointment later tonight in the West End. I hope this won't take too long. No, it won't. All right, then tell Sir Graham I'll be with you in about half an hour. What is it, Paul? Sir Graham wants to see me. Yes, well, I gathered that. Why? It's something to do with Mrs. Trevelyan. Oh, yes. Tell me. What's this appointment you've got for tonight? It's the first I've heard of it. Well, I haven't actually got an appointment, but I'm hoping to make one with our old friend Leo Brent. Leo Brent? Do I know him? The American. You met about three years ago. Oh, in Cannes? That's right. Tall, good-looking, terrible dancer. <laughs> That's the chap. I heard the other day that he was working over here with one of the advertising firms, and I thought if I could... Oh, now, who the devil's that? It's all right, Paul. I take it. Hello? Now, my name is Brent. Leo Brent. Hey, hello, Mr. Brent. This is Mrs. Temple. Steve. Oh, hello, Mrs. Temple. I didn't recognize your voice. How are you? I'm fine. You won't believe this, but we were just talking about you this very minute. Oh, well, I hope you were saying nice things about me. Come on, <laughs> let me have it, Steve. Come on. My wife was just saying you're the worst dancer she ever met. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but uh, you tell her I'm a hell of a good sitter-out. <laughs> I take it you got my message. Yeah, I- I'm sorry I was out when you phoned. I'd like to see you, Leo. I think you may be able to help me over something. Anytime. Tonight? Uh, oh, uh, yes. Yes, tonight, if it's after nine. Well, let's say ten o'clock. Uh, do you know Luigi's? In the haymarket, sure I do. All right, well, I'll see you there. Okay, Temple. Look forward to it. Bye, Leo. Why do you want to see him? I'll tell you about it later, Steve. I must be off. I don't want to keep Sir Graham waiting. Meet me at Luigi's at ten o'clock. If I'm late, keep Leo talking. Don't let him go without my seeing him. Yes, all right, honey. But wait a minute. Hmm? There's something I want to know. About Leo? No, no. Uh, it's not about Leo. It's about Wilfred Davis, or Cartwright, or whatever. Steve, I haven't got time to go into details about Davis now. I just want to know why you didn't believe that the note found in his pocket was written by Alex. Because I don't believe it was written by Alex. Well, then, who do you think did write it? I think it was written by Mr. Davis. (gasps) By Mr. Davis? Mm. But why on earth should he do a thing like that? Uh, Steve, I can't explain now. I've got to go. No, but don't you think... That Davis was telling the truth. About the flask? Yes. Well, he didn't see Chester take the flask out of the suitcase. I'm pretty sure about that. But what makes you so sure? He couldn't have seen him, at least not through the keyhole. How do you know? The room didn't have a keyhole, at least not one you could see through. It was a Yale lock. A Yale? Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, I ought to have thought of that. Yes, Mrs. Temple, you ought to have thought of that. Mm. (laughs) I'll see you at Luigi's. Don't be too late. And be nice to Brent. Oh, I certainly will. But not too nice. take it that you now refuse to make a statement. I refuse to make any statement whatsoever, Sir Graham. Surely I've made that perfectly clear. A few hours ago, Mrs. Trevelyan, you gave me to understand... A few hours ago, Mrs. Trevelyan was in an extremely emotional, unbalanced state of mind. I told you so at the time. You told us a great many things at the time, Dr. Kohima. I'm fully aware of that. But the point is this. 
Mrs. Trevelyan said that she was Alex. There, Sir Graham, you know perfectly well that she isn't Alex. If you thought for one moment that she was Alex, you wouldn't be wasting your time like this. Then why did you go to Hayborn last night, Mrs. Trevelyan? How did you know about Carl Latham and the 5,000 pounds? Don't answer him, Barbara. You heard what I said. Why did you go to Hayborn last night? There's only one answer to that question, my friend. Mrs. Trevelyan went to Hayborn because she was sent there. Charles, please. I beg to differ, Dr. Kohima. There are two possible answers to my question. Either she went to Hayborn because, as you say, she was sent there, or because she instructed Latham to deliver the 5,000 pounds. Sir Graham, I give you my word. I give you my personal assurance that Mrs. Trevelyan is not Alex. What is it, Inspector? Mr. Temple's arrived, sir. He's in my office. Thank you, Crane. I, uh, I shall be back in a moment, Mrs. Trevelyan. I'm sorry to drag you back to the yard, Temple. Oh, that's all right, Sir Graham. What's happened? I think you know what's happened. Mrs. Trevelyan won't talk. So she's changed her mind? Yes. Well, you still got proof that she turned up at Hayborn last night. Uh, that isn't the point, Temple. There's a doubt in your mind? Quite frankly, yes. Last night, I felt pretty sure, as you know, that she was Alex. But somehow, when she turned up at Hayborn... You thought it was just a little bit too obvious. Yes. Why? Well, you see, Temple, we know that Alex is a blackmailer. A blackmailer on quite an unprecedented scale. We know that he blackmailed Norma Rice, Richard East, Carl Latham, and even Sir Ernest Cranberry. And we're now pretty certain that for every case we've heard of, there must be other poor devils suffering in silence. But the point is this, Temple. Did he blackmail Mrs. Trevelyan into turning up at Hayborn and into confessing that she was Alex? Yes, I think he did. Then you don't think Mrs. Trevelyan is Alex? No, I don't think she is. And neither do I. In fact, if you want my opinion, I think Alex is Dr. Kahima. Oh? And what makes you think that? Well, to begin with... It was his car that nearly smashed into you and Mrs. Temple the night Sir Ernest was murdered. Secondly, don't forget that we found his pencil by the body of James Barton. But he claims that it wasn't his pencil, Inspector. Now I ask you, do you think that pencil belongs to Dr. Kohima, or don't you? I think it does, Inspector. And yet you don't believe that Dr. Kohima is Alex. I didn't say that, Sir Graham. Hmm. Temple, I've been meaning to ask you, the night that Barton was murdered, you were staying in Canterbury at the Waverley. Yes. What made you go down to Canterbury? I told you what happened at Canterbury, Inspector. I told you about meeting Frank Chester, or rather Mulberry, about Wilfred Davis bumping into... We us. know what happened at Canterbury, but the point is, why did you go down to Canterbury in the first place? I went down to see an old friend of mine. Just to see an old friend? Yes. Yes, I see I, I don't know what to do about Mrs. Trevelyan Temple. Well, whatever you do, Sir Graham, keep an eye on her. You think she's in danger? Yes, Inspector, I think she's in danger. Well, I must be off. I'm supposed to be at Luigi's by now. Luigi's? Um, in the Haymarket? Yes. Huh. Why? Just that I'm meeting a friend there later in the evening. 
Oh, then we might get together. I'll buy you a drink, Inspector. Thank you very much. Good night, Sir Graham. Good night, Temple. So I took one look at the guy and I said, Waiter, is this supposed to be fresh fruit? And he said, Sure, it's fresh. I've just opened the tin. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe one word of it, Mrs. Temple, so long as I live and breathe, I swear it. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good story anyway. <laughs> hey, is that the time? No, I ought to be making a move. Well, I'm sure Paul will be here any minute uh, now. Say, Flora, is there a telephone around here? I'm afraid our line's out of order, sir, but there's a box downstairs in the vestibule. Uh, will you excuse me, Mrs. Temple? I'd like to phone. I had another date at 11 o'clock and... Uh, well, English girls, get impatient. You go right ahead. Thanks. I shan't be long. Can I get you another drink, madam? No, I don't think so, thank you. Hello, Mrs. Temple. Oh, hello, Mr. Nader. Uh, and what are you doing here? Well, if you must know, I'm waiting for my husband. I say, that's a new slant on things. Man bites dog, wife waits for husband. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope I don't have to wait too long. I suppose you heard what happened last night. Mrs. Trevelyan? Yes. Extraordinary business. I really can't believe it. Do you know, when I woke up this morning and realized what had happened last night, I... You thought you dreamt it? I did. Honestly, I did. I mean, Mrs. Trevelyan, of all people. Well, she's such a nice sort of person. I'm afraid it's always the nice sort of people. Oh, hello, darling. Hello, Steve. Where's Leo? He's downstairs, Tony. Good. I was afraid he'd gone. Well, how's Mr. Latham this evening? Well, I'm feeling a little better than I did this morning. I was just telling Mrs. Temple. Even now, I really can't believe it. Can't believe what? That Mrs. Trevelyan is Alex. No. Oh, I know she turned up at Hayborn last night and... According to the papers, she's already confessed, but... Well, even so, I really can't believe it. So, you finally made it. Oh, hello, Leo. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. Oh, that's okay. You got here. Yeah. Oh, uh, Mr. Latham, this is a friend of my husband's, Leo Brim. Oh, how do you do? Glad to know you. Well... Uh, um... What are you drinking, Mr. Latham? If you don't mind, I think I'll be making a move. Uh, good night, Mrs. Temple. Good night, Mr. Latham. Good, good night. night. Good night. Well, it is nice to see you after all this time, Leo. You look fine. <laughs> Meet me at Luigi's, you said. <laughs> at ten o'clock, you said. At ten yeah, o'clock. Yes, I'm sorry about that, but I got all tied You're up. You're telling me. Let's go over in the corner where we can talk. Flora, two more whiskies, and what are you drinking here? I'll have a say. Three, Flora, please. Yes, sir. Well, there you are, Leo. That's the proposition. How long would you want me to stay in Canterbury? That depends. I'd certainly like you to stay for three or four days. Hmm. I take it that you don't think that this guy himself, uh, Chester or Mulberry, if you like, is really Alex. No, I'm certain he isn't. But I'm equally certain that Chester's in frequent contact with Alex. Ah, I see. That's why I want you to go down to Canterbury, Leo. You're not known down there, and you don't look particularly... Intelligent? <laughs> well, you said it. Yeah. 
Oh, well, it sounds a pretty good setup. I get the angle. American tourist, complete with camera, guidebook, shooting stick. Oh, please, don't overdo it. Oh, well, you leave that to me, Mrs. Temple. There is uh, just one point, Temple. Mm-hmm. Well, supposing Chester catches on and things get pretty hectic. Oh, sure, you can handle that situation, Leah. Oh, sure, sure. I'm not worried about that, but... Well, supposing I find out something, something pretty big. Uh, phone me. Phone me every morning between 7 and 10, and every night between 9 and midnight. If I don't get a call from you, I'll be down in two hours. Okay, leave it to me. Thanks, Leo. Thanks a lot. Oh, that's all right. Oh, uh, there's just one point. Yeah? If by any chance you don't hear from me, and when you get down to Canterbury, I don't appear to be kicking around, well, uh... <laughs> don't forget, it's all done by mirrors. Done by... Oh. Yes... Yes, I shan't forget. Okay. Good night, Mrs. Temple. Uh, next time we meet, I'll make it Steve. Please do. Goodbye, Leo. Goodbye. He's an awfully nice man. Yes, one of the best. We used to share a room together. Oh, you know, way back when we were in New York. <laughs> we had rather an inquisitive landlady. That's what he meant when he said it's all done by mirrors. Oh. If either of us had a message, we wanted uh, the other one to know about, we used to write it down and stick it behind the mirror, uh, usually with chewing gum. <laughs> How old would he be? Leo? Oh, he must be about, um, oh, somewhere in the early 40s now. Oh, hello. Here's our friend Latham again. Mm-hmm. I-, I say, Temple, I'm sorry to interrupt like this, but your man's downstairs, and he seems to be rather excited about something. Ricky, do you mean? Yes. Downstairs? Yes, apparently he tried to get through on the telephone, but the line's out of order. Has something happened? Well, to be quite frank, I can't understand what he's talking about. He said that after you left the house, a girl turned up and said she particularly wanted to see you. Ricky seems to think it's frightfully important. What sort of girl? I don't know. I'm not even sure that he knows himself. You say Ricky's downstairs? Yes, just near the cloakroom. Okay, thanks. Come on, Steve. Okay. What's all the excitement about? Oh, so sorry to interrupt, sir, but after Mrs. Temple left, a young lady called at the house. She said it was most important that she speak to you. I tried to telephone you, sir, but I could not get the answer. Oh, that's all right, Ricky. Is she still at the house? Yes. Well, what's she like? Oh, oh, very nice. Very pretty, but most worried. Yes, but what does she look like? She's dressed in brown, sir. In brown? Brown shoes, brown handbag. Right, and... Ricky. Where's the car? It's in the mews, uh, on the corner. I'll start it while you get your coat. All right, Eph. Come on, Ricky. Here is Mrs. Temple, sir. Oh, good. Sorry to keep you, darling. I couldn't find the ticket for my coat. Oh, it's all right. Need you ask, what's that? Oh, Lord. Which tire is it? The front, left-hand side. Yeah, it's glass. Right across the road, sir. Yes, right across the road, Ricky. Broken bottles, I think. That's rather odd, isn't it, darling? 
glass stretching right across the entrance to the mule. Yes. Looks as if it's been put there deliberately. What are you going to do? Well, it's no good trying to change the wheel. It'll take hours. Let's go back to Luigi's and see if we can pick up a taxi. Stay here with the car, Ricky. I'll phone the garage, and as soon as they arrive, you get a cab back home. Yes, sir. This is Paul Temple, Jock. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening. I'm I'm afraid I'm in trouble, Jock. I need your help. Oh, what can I do for you? My car's in the mews behind Luigi's. I've got a puncture. In fact, I've got a couple of punctures by the look of things. There's glass all over the place. Okay. I'll send somebody along. He'll be there on the corner in about 40 minutes. Fine. My man Ricky's in the car. I think you'll find it all right. Oh, don't worry. We'll see to everything. Thanks a lot. Keep the change. Thank you, sir. Hello, Dr. Kahima. Why, Mr. Temple, you're the very person I want to see. Oh? Sir Graham Ford said that you were here, so I decided Look, to come... Look, uh, Doctor, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we've got to get back to my place straight away. It's urgent. Do you mind if we take your cab? No, of course not. Hold on, driver. Where do you want to go? Eaton Square. Okay. Jump in, Temple. I'll come with you. Oh, uh, I don't think you've met my wife, Dr. Kahima. Good evening, Doctor. Delighted to meet you, Mrs. Temple. Let me help you in. Oh, thank you. Step on it, driver. We're in rather a hurry. What number, Eaton Square, sir? 26A. 26A. Right, right out, sir. Do you mind waiting in the taxi for a few minutes, Doctor? I shan't keep you long. No, no, that's all right. Here's ten bob, driver. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you, sir. Have you got your key, darling? Yes, I think it's in my handbag. The door's open. Yes, so it is. Quiet, darling. Why? She'll be in the drawing room. No, darling. There's no one in here. Well, um, let's look in my study. No, she's not in here either, unless... Oh! Paul! She's on the floor. By the desk. What happened? She's dead. She's been shot. Oh, Paul! Steve, you all right? Yes, yes. Don't worry about me. This must have happened soon after. What is it? What is it, Paul? Listen. There's someone in the cloakroom. Yes. Darling, get me that gun. Top drawer of the desk. Shh. Here you are. Thanks. Now stand over there, Steve, near the door. 
you mind coming out of the cloakroom? I said, do you mind coming out of the cloakroom? Not at all, Mr. Temple. Inspector Crane! That was the sixth episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Alex Affair, with Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve. Sir Graham Forbes was played by James Thomason, Inspector Crane by Hayden Jones, Leo Brent by Dennis Hawthorne, and Ricky by Frank Henderson. The serial was produced in London by Martin C. Webster.